the Clyde Broadcast Podcast, bringing to you inspiring broadcast stories and the latest in broadcast technology. I'm Osato EDK, and with me in studio is Isabella Adediji. She is from Yellow Tamarind Productions. Welcome to our podcast studio. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me, Osato. Yes. It's amazing like to have all these days dedicated to the broadcast industry. Yes. Not just in Nigeria, but in yes. Africa. Yes, and there's so many things happening on the floors, right? It's just, it's so exciting seeing. I, I came here and I was like a kid in the candy store because me, I like, I'm, I'm a journalist. I like all the equipment. I'm fascinated by everything. But from a, a production point of view, just what are the things that have caught your eye so far? The equipment, <laughs> like yes. as you said, um, just looking at the possibilities, the potential. Yes. I think technology has evolved to the point that you don't need to have so much space. You don't need to have so much money mm -hmm. because the equipment keeps getting better and more affordable. So I think I'm just seeing the possibilities as somebody that aspires to one day own my own platform. Yes. I think I live with a lot of inspiration. That's great because I am I, I, I'm someone who's obviously following what's happening in Nigeria and Nigeria's production space. And I'm fascinated with how, you know, we're praised for all the turnarounds we do with our video content and so on. But what are some of the most obvious challenges you, you face and how do you think we can just fix them? Uh, I think the obvious one has to be funding, yeah. especially when you're very particular about quality. Now, my background being in radio and television, yes. I want things done in a certain way. Yes. I don't just want to bring out a ring light and put my mobile phone on yeah. a tripod and yeah. start dancing. Like, shout out to content creators <laughs> making it work. I love it. But then there's a part of me that's like, no, yes. I need to have like my full set. I want my like crew and yeah. everything. And sometimes I think to have that kind of quality. I yes. mean, look at this, Mike. Look at this setup. Yes. It bad, I no bad. It bad, it bad. I can't even lie. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think funding is a huge mm -hmm. issue. Like you want to compete globally. We yeah. see the kind of content that yes. comes from other shores mm -hmm. and we're saying we want to compete, but mm -hmm. we need to put the money in there. Mm -hmm. Then I think in terms of policy, like um, looking at gender, for example, how many women do you see in key positions? Um, I'll use an example of some of the work I've done. I've done some work for radio now, and it's been headed by a woman. She's yes. the founder, Kaderia Ahmed. And when I had my first child, she was very understanding. And I came back and I said, look, I want to go back on the field. And she was ready to support me. Said, look, if you want to bring your baby, you want to bring a nanny, bring your mom, I'm happy to because I know you're going to do the work. And if you don't have women in these positions who understand, who have been there and know that a woman will deliver, because she's had a baby doesn't mean she can't do the work, yeah. then we have a lot of problems. So I think if we have more women in key positions as owners, as uh, managers, then we can also aspire. I mean, I started off by saying, like, I one day look forward to being a platform owner. Yes. And I can say that because I've seen other women go ahead of me and really I'm inspired. I think the other thing will be um, that general um, disregard to an extent of things that come from Nigeria. There's, it's easy for someone to go on social media and create content that glorifies 
the Jakpa culture that makes everything there look good. And we forget that we have a lot to be proud of. We do have people who have Jakpa to Nigeria. We yes. have people who have remained in Nigeria. So how can we have a better portrayal of what we have to offer as a people, as a country, as a land, our resources? I'm not saying that they're not problems. We can critique those problems. Yes. But in the same vein, let us also celebrate how far we've come and let's celebrate our potential because if we don't, we're going to raise a generation that doesn't believe in Project Nigeria. And then we're done for. America is America today because they've been feeding us through their media. Yes. They've been making us understand the importance of Thanksgiving. They've made us understand why the NYPD is so important. Yeah. So why can't we also come back, use what we have to ensure that we raise a generation that is proud to be Nigerian? I'm super proud to be a Nigerian and I'm amazed at what we're doing in spite of it all. That's fantastic. And you know, just to mention, just to hop on your point about how we can do better to project Nigeria in a positive light, I, I was speaking to you know, one of the panelists earlier, uh, Kenny Ogungbe, and he had his thoughts. Someone who started life you know, in the US, came to start several businesses in Nigeria, and he spoke about the several challenges with regulators, with government policy, and so on. Um, is that a challenge that you've personally faced in your work? And are there ways you think we can creatively solve them specifically? So yes, I think um, when you want to produce, for example, you want to shoot, um, you have to start looking for spaces. Abroad, you have places that are created for that purpose. Now I'm seeing some studios um, rise to the occasion, but a couple of years ago, you're looking at, ah, please, can I use your space? And the studios that did exist they were not catering to independent producers. They were not catering to young people. It was your money or yep. were not interested. So I think there's no direct policy that addresses us that are starting out, or at least during my own days starting out. And then when you look at things like looking for locations to shoot, you don't want to be harassed. If I want to go and do a Vox Pop, for example, for my program, I don't want Omonile coming to disturb me to settle boys because mm. I want to get their own opinion because they might actually feature in the Vox Pop. I also think that um, there are not enough grants that say, look, we like the kind of content you're producing. For example, I started out producing what I will call um, edutainment or edutainment. So it's educational content, but it's also entertaining. But to get people to fund it, whether it's through advertisement or just full-on sponsorship, was it was like climbing, like uh, it was an uphill task because people would rather put their money in entertainment, in adult content. But what about the children? So you don't even have policies in place to ensure that we have the funding, whether it's by grant or government giving incentives to companies to support the arts and to support children's programming. Then after a while, you do what I did. You start looking for other means to, to survive. Yeah. But then there's a part of you that still wants to create that content. Because when I was creating edutaining content and putting it out there, I was getting feedback from across Africa. I had content that was putting Africa in a good light. So we had book reviews, but not just by Nigerian authors, but authors across Africa, and we're celebrating stories, literature coming out from the continent. We're interviewing people who have, have done a good job in their 
different works and you know in their professions. So I think if we had more grants, especially for young and independent producers who don't have the money or the collateral to go and secure loans to take on this kind of productions, and if we have governments seeing the need especially when it comes to edutaining content yeah, right. and perhaps even local language, then we create a market for it. But don't come and tell me that, oh, I have this great idea. And the next thing is, how many people are watching it? What are the ratings? And then you're not giving me money. But the next time you see something that is going viral, doesn't care whether it goes against your moral code, yes, you're going to put money behind it. I, I mean, as a producer, I can go on and on, yeah. but I'll just stop there. Yeah, I, I reckon. I, I reckon, just like you mentioned, there a little jab at the advertisers who throw money at anything that's hot and don't really care to build with, with people who are producing entertaining content like yourself. And I, I just wanted to, you know, before we wrap up, just what happened, something. You mentioned about finding other means to survive and thrive in today's Nigeria now, and that means you do a lot of media work, a lot of production work. How does one build a career sustainably in the way that you have? Ah, uh. I wish I had a manual, <laughs> but you know what? I've learned to embrace my own unique journey. So for some people, it's by going to maybe the university to study mass communication. Then you do maybe internship. Then your NYSE, you're posted to a station and they retain you. And you sort of grow through the ranks. My own journey has been quite different. So I studied education with English and drama at the University of Cambridge. After my first year, I had some visa issues. So I came back to Nigeria and I started working, doing an internship for a publishing company. Now I put myself forward and I think that's the message that will come through. I put myself forward to MC a book reading. I go ahead and MC this book reading and think nothing about it. After after the event, um, so people approach me from Rhythm FM and they're like, oh, we like what you did. And next thing I know is we'd like to talk to you. I end up at Silverbird and they offered me my own segment to review books. And I did that for about a year. So every week as part of Today on STV, I had what you called Bookaholic with Bella. And I also did a blog with my friend, um, Temitayo Lofin Lua. Now, fast forward, I go back to school. I come back, I get a nine to five, like, like everybody yes. expects you to. Yeah. But that part of me to still be relevant in the media just mm -hmm. kept gnawing at me. Yeah. So I started off doing um, publishing an e-platform, an e-magazine called Nolly Silver Screen. I then started doing red carpets in Nollywood. Yeah. And somehow I found myself during an interview about the Oscars. Yeah. And I didn't speak for so many minutes, and this was on Robbing Minds, but the producer saw something and said, you know what, it looks like you've done some presenting before. And I, I became a regular guest on the show. And before he knew it, I became a guest host, and I started um, presenting Robbing Minds yes. um, when the presenter wasn't around. And I've done that for several years. And I will say that that has opened me up to other opportunities because I then went on another radio show as a guest, and I got the opportunity to host. And then I start putting myself forward. I tell everybody that cares ah these are the things i can do yes. i can mc your event i can host your show i can produce and i i took the plunge 
and set up a production company, quit my nine to five, started teaching part-time while trying to figure out if this media thing was going to work. So I'm teaching, I'm setting up my company. I shoot my first production in my house overnight. Like we start on one day, finish the next day, all 13 episodes. Like when I look back, I sometimes think, wow, that's so hectic. And I had my first show, went on Africa Magic, Africana Literati, and it gave me the confidence to start producing more content. Some did well in terms of making money. Some didn't make me money, but it grew my confidence. It gave me um, some credibility. And over time, I think I've just continued to build on that. I wish I was doing more productions, but the good thing is that these are transferable skills. So I've gone from producing content to producing content for other people to working as a freelance broadcaster, free freelance documentary filmmaker, freelance journalist. And I've been able to work for different organizations. And I think my journey is still evolving. I think I'll still get to the part where I start producing again, presenting more, and maybe, like I said, become that platform owner. That's fantastic. And can I just say that the, the periods of the year where the regular presenter, Robin Mines, has to go away, and when you stepped in, it's some of my favorites. Oh, really? <laughs> Thank you so, so yeah, much. Thank you. And you know, sometimes you feel like nobody's watching oh, because yeah. they're not tweeting at you and your <laughs> followers are not like one million. But yeah. this means a lot. It's, yeah. it's usually that one feed, um, one piece of feedback yeah. or that one comment or just, just letting you know, look, yeah. we're seeing you yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much, Isabel, for coming to the show. Appreciate you. And uh, obviously, uh, I hope when people watch this and listen, they can tap in from your wealth of experience. And I, I'm wishing you all the best in your journey. Thank you very much. An amazing job, Osato. I've enjoyed myself and um, can't wait to see the finished product. Great, great. Thanks for coming to our podcast. Yay! Bye.